Many of you know Patrice Nagant, and he's been around. He's been a friend of ours for a long time. He was um, with Westside before Westside even existed, <laughs> and uh, he's always been an encourager. So it's so great to have you here. Let's uh, welcome him. Um, thank you for being here. Yeah, come, we'll pray. We are so grateful for uh, this opportunity to gather today, to worship, to spend some time together, to reconnect with each other and encourage each other in our faith and in life. And um, God, uh, we, we pause and, and pray for um, obviously the city as a whole and the region, but particularly this month, we pray for this small borough, Senville, in the West Island. Um, and we, we pray for these residents. We pray for people of faith in that community. We pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done, um, that something beautiful and extraordinary would happen in those streets and in those homes and in those businesses and right at the tip of our island, God, that we would even be reminded, Lord, as we pass through that section of our city, uh, that there's a small pocket there that, that reflects um, people you love and that reflects really the whole city and the region as well. And so we pray for Senville um, and the residents there. God, we pray for um, just many, many, many people who are just walking through such a difficult time right now uh, down in the Carolina region and beyond that um, with, with the hurricanes. Um, God, we, we are just, uh, we pray that uh, for, for the people that are serving right now, region, the, the government officials and the volunteers, um, the police and fire department, and uh, God, all the, the people in place um, just to, to help navigate this, this difficult, difficult storm. And so we pray for that. We pray that supplies would reach people. We pray for safety, God. Um, we pray against any, any more deaths, God, that would, would occur because of this, God. And we reminded of some of the weather issues in other parts of the world as well, God, and we bring these places to you, Lord Jesus. And then now, as we take this opportunity to hear from your word and through our friend and uh, Patrice, bless him, use him, uh, speak through him, God. And we long uh, to hear from you and from the scriptures today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Welcome. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> it's a real pleasure to be with you again this morning. And uh, for the one who don't know C2C, I just want to give some news. And by the way, I'm so encouraged by what's going on with, at Westside and what the new phase, the new step, and then the, the new season that you're getting in with this new location and allowing more people to come, and uh, that's wonderful. <laughs> I really encourage. I, I've seen the place. It's beautiful. Look forward to be there, too. Uh, the one who don't know C2C, C2C, it's a church planting network that work in, uh, in Canada mainly, uh, and uh, so we are, work, we are helping church plant. To, to start and coaching, through coaching, through assessment, through uh, training. And this year, actually, we're working with 130 churches in Canada, a little bit more over that, and uh, 22 in Quebec. That's really encouraging, 22 church plans in Quebec and apprentices. So that's, that's great. So we, we're doing trainings in Montreal and Quebec City. Planters are coming for two years, going through this training. And uh, in the beginning of the year, C2C merged with MB Mission, and it become multiply. That, that's going to be the new name of C2C, multiply. That's a, a, and now we are working not only in Canada, not only on the state, but in 40 other countries in the world. Planting church, and we are doing that because we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. He's the one who can make a difference. And, you know, it's really encouraging to see what's going on in Quebec. 
We are seeing people all over the country giving their life to Christ, going through baptism. And we used to heard to hear <laughs> that Quebec is a hard soil. And you see, in 2017 in BC, we had 87 baptisms. That's only on the C2C churches. There's a lot more, but just among the C2C churches, 87 baptisms in BC, 121 in Alberta, Saskatchewan, 24, Manitoba, 106, Ontario, 71, Atlantic Canada, 27, Quebec, 257 baptisms. Just among the C2C churches. Something going on in Quebec. And we are part of it. And we are invited to be with the Lord in what is actually doing in this province. There's something going on. No one day Jesus gathered with his disciples. And it was a time, a special time for him. It wasn't a time to talk about the old days. It was not a time to... Uh, Remember what they have done together. But it was a time for Jesus to look forward. He wanted to teach them about the kingdom of God. He wanted to, to introduce them to the beginning of something, not to the end of something. That was after his resurrection. At the beginning of the book of Acts, we read this at verse 3. After his suffering... He presented himself to them and gave many convincing proof that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. If John would have, write, would have written <laughs> this text, he would have said he spoke with them about the eternal life. You know, often these two themes, kingdom of God, eternal life, are used similarly mean talk about being in the presence of God. The presence of God is now accessible. It's reachable. So Jesus taught for 40 days about the kingdom of God. As you have done many times before. He probably talked with them about all what the prophets have announced for years and years before. And came come this other verse in chapter 1, 2, verse 8 and 9 that you probably know. You will receive a power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world, the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and cloud hid him from their sight. So I would like to take a few minutes to talk about this text. You know, because it was something really unique that the apostle, the disciple, were, were hearing there. They probably never heard something like that. A little, bit, a little bit before, Jesus said something similar in Matthew. At the end of Matthew, he said, Go, or as you go, make disciples of all nations. You know, the concept of conversion, to put your trust in another God than your tradition, was not something that they were familiar with. You know, at that time, in the world, majority of people were polytheists, so they believed in many gods. So if you choose to believe in one god, you don't drop the other one. You, do, you, were, you will just add it to your collection, to your list. If you think that one god, or somebody talked to you about one god, and you think that one god, this, that god will help you to have a better harvest, better health, 
you just adopt it without dropping the other one. You just add that one to the list. But the idea that there was only one truly God that called men and women from every language, every culture to come and worship Him and relate to Him to be forgiven, release, restore. This was completely new. Even in Israel, there were so, those people who believe in one God and love them and love Him, <laughs> but never understood that they had to go and said to people, say to people, come, meet our God and follow Him. Yes, the people of God, the, the, the Jewish, had, had the mandate to be a light among the, the world, but they had never understood that to go and invite them to turn from what they are putting their hope and their trust to look to the one who brings the real hope. Okay, there are the disciples, followers of Jesus. Are, this is the last moment with Jesus. The disciple and the master. The trainer and the apprentice. And Jesus charged them with a mandate to do something that never have been done before on earth. Go and you will be my witnesses. Then he left. No more detail. Few decades before Jesus was born, there was, there was a, a Caesar, Julius Caesar, who was the emperor of Rome. And after his death, a comet passed in the sky. And some witness, witnesses this, this, this comet, and they have seen, they have, they've said they have seen Julius Caesar go to, to heaven, and now he sits at the right of Zeus, one of their divinity. And this, is, this became a part of the reason why Caesar was worshipped. When Augustus Caesar came after the death of Julius Caesar, he said, I am the son of Julius, so I, I, I could be worshipped too. So the Caesar were considered as God. And the phrase they used to describe them is, Caesar is Lord. It was a way to gain more polit political power. Caesar is Lord. And now Jesus said to his disciples, I'm sending you into the world to be my witnesses, to say, Jesus is Lord. You will be a witness of not the ascension of the uh, Caesar pretended to be Lord. You will be a witnesses of my life. My death, my resurrection, you will proclaim Jesus is life. Jesus is Lord. And he named four places. First one is Jerusalem, the city. And these people, the disciples, were not from Jerusalem, they were from up north. So that was a little bit uncomfortable for them. But also, this city was the city who have put to death Jesus a couple of weeks before. But these people were. Like them, pretty much like them. Then he said, Judea. Also there, these people are pretty much like them. But it's, no, it's not easy to be a witness in the city that it's not yours. 
people among people that is not exactly yours, but they, have, they were all, almost the same culture. Then he said, in Samaria, oh, that was something. Now, that must have been really uncomfortable for them. Because the Jewish people didn't like the Samaritan. They, they see them really like nothing. You know, Israel is like that. Samaria is in the beginning. If they had to go from north to south or south to north, they were going around, walking days, extra days, just not, they don't cross, they didn't want to go through this Samaritan country part because they were like nothing for them. And now Jesus said, you're going to be my witnesses among these people. Hmm. You will tell them, I'm the one who restore, who forgive. I'm the one who has conquered death. I'm the one who is above all, everything. I'm the one who has power over everything. I'm the one who welcome everyone and love everyone. Go and tell them that. You will bring this testimony to these people that are not like you. Then he mentioned another place. Where is it? Somebody said it. <laughs> to the end of the earth. Yeah. To the end of the world. How are they going to do that? How are they going to get there? Who will pay for that? He didn't say any more detail, no instruction manual, nothing. Even no credit card. How are they going to do that? <laughs> Eleven people to the end of the world. Sent on a mission that had never been tempted before, attempted before. Men and women from every nation, every language, every culture will come and worship and follow one true God. The walls that separate the nations will be put to the ground and the human race will become a family again. Go to all nations. And not because someone somewhere is trying to get more political power. They were called to go because there's a God who loved deeply everyone on this earth. Because there's a God who has the power to transform, to heal, to restore. Because he's a God who wants to bring dignity to human being. He wants to bring a clear identity. Now I want you to go, Jesus said, in this city, in your region, the province, to the world, and among those that you usually don't like. You're going to invite these people to turn away from what they, the place they put their hope and to come and find me, trust me, meet me. And this is, you know, it didn't give any details, no money, no contact, no Facebook, <laughs> nothing. Do you see how unreachable, even almost absurd, is this mandate? Eleven men, few women, to the end of the world, 
But it happened. We are here this morning. It happened because some people say, I want to be these witnesses. We are here to testify it. And sometimes the book of Acts, we see how it happened. It starts by go, be a witnesses. And all the books of Acts show us how they have done that, how God has done that, how the, the word and this message have been spread all over the place. And sometimes when we read the book, we say, wow, what a good shot. Wow, what a powerful God. Oh, wow. Why they don't believe? Why you do that? And sometimes we're disappointed. Sometimes we're, way to go. What a faithful man and woman of God. And we look at that and we see the, the church growing and God is adding to the church. And we see all those things. I would have liked to be there. Who? Who would have liked to be there? Living this church that is raising up. God is showing his love. The power of God is manifest everywhere. I would have liked to be there. Part of the book of Acts. Wow. I have a text I would like to share with you. I don't have on the screen that one. But maybe... Do you have a Bible with you? Can Two people can just open a verse. I would like to read it in two different versions. So who have, a, who have a Bible here? Okay, what version do you have? Okay, is there somebody who have another version? Keep it. And the other one? Anyone? Okay, we're going to go with that one. Can you go in chapter 29? Acts 29, verse 1. 29, verse 1. What? I'm sorry? Oh, your, your version go to 28 only. Is there somebody else who have Acts 29? Eh? You too? All the English versions finish at 28? Really? Then that's true. <laughs> that's true because the Acts have only 28 chapters. And the 28th chapter shows us how God fulfilled, all the followers of Christ fulfilled this mandate. And, and that's wonderful to see that. There's no chapter 29 yet. <laughs> but the acts of the apostle and the followers of Christ do not stop there. The chapter 29 is being written now. And who is writing it? Who is writing it? We are writing it. Writ, writ, writing it. <laughs> Thank you. Help me. Eh? And, and, and one day, at the end of everything, we're going to be there. The Bible will be open and we're going to see this chapter 29. And it's going to be thick. Really thick. And your name will be on it. And your name. Nathan, my name will be on it. We'll see. Patrice was at West Side making fun of him, speaking a funny English. And we're going to see it. And we're going to see Dave and Franca. And every one of you will be in this book. Chapter 29. What will be written? What it will be say? What will be said about you and me and this mandate that Jesus gave us? We are writing it, and we are all in this chapter. 
Acts 1.8 is the starting point. Go be my witnesses. And sometime, regularly in the book of Acts, we see that's what's happened. And we see texts like Acts 2.47, and the Lord had to the number daily those who were being saved. The church began to grow. The good news was spread. And who was adding to the church? It's not, not written that the disciples with their power and their capacity had to the church. No, the Lord had to the church. It's important to understand that, to grasp that, because it takes a weight off our, our shoulder. God is adding to the church our role, be a witnesses. How many of us, I'm the first one, who have been so intimidated to share about who is Jesus for me, what he has done? Intimidated because we're not sure what to say, because we think we're going to say the wrong thing, or just maybe mm, this person will see me differently after. I'm the one of that. You know, we are called to grow, to multiply. God wants to reach people. Go deeper together in a relationship with God, but go wider because there are some people out there that God loves so much that want to be reached. There's this debate sometimes in the church between Quality and quantity. Some people say, uh, we are happy together. We want to go deeper in our relationship. We want to go deeper in a relationship with God and uh, between us. And we are happy like that. And we are, we, are, we are more about quality. Some other people say, no, no, we are about reaching out. Those people who don't know Jesus are going to die without knowing him. We have to go there. But the Bible and God doesn't do this separation. The health of the church Go when we work on reaching out and building up. It's like two paddles of a boat. Some people say, oh, we are about quantity. What's happened when we have a boat and we go on in one cycle like that? We do a circle. If you, we are about quantity, quantity, we have to reach them out because they are dying without God. So same thing. We have to go both sides strong, strong as a church, as an individual too. Sometimes we are more about quantity, but a little bit about reaching out. What's happened? We still do a circle. It's a bigger circle. It's harder to see, to recognize it. It takes more time to see, whoa, maybe something is wrong. We are called to multiply. Multiply disciples, followers of Christ, multiply leaders, multiply churches. Both. At the beginning of the Bible, we say go and multiply. After the flood, we see, we see go and multiply. After the new beginning, after the resurrection, Jesus said go, multiply. How? By being witnesses. There where God hath placed us. Sometimes we're so worried about what others will think about us. That's paralyzed us. And we miss incredible opportunity to see God at work. God does not ask us to force, but to witness. 
What we have to give is Jesus. Who he is, his life, his teaching, his gift of his life, his resurrection, his presence here among us. He's the one who brings peace, love, joy, rest, healing. We are the bearer of that message. We see in the 28th first chapter of Acts, people were ready to make great sacrifice of finance, of time, of their own needs to see more people getting to know him. Like you do. You have made a lot of sacrifice recently to have this place because you want to see more people coming, coming to Christ and have more space to host them. This is wonderful. But I always keep in front of us, there's people out there who want to hear about Jesus. The book of Acts begins by Acts 1-3. As we said, for 40 days, Jesus appeared to them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And it's, it ends, chapter 28, verse 31, it says that. Uh, he proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness. It began with that, it ended with that, and it continued like that. Speak about the eternal life, the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ is alive, is Lord with boldness. He's talking about Paul now. Where this boldness came from? It came back, bring us back to Act 1.8. You will receive a power when the Holy Spirit comes down on you. You will then be my witnesses. We don't have to do that alone. We are not alone by our own strength. The Bible tells us that when we came to Jesus, we received this spirit and this power, and this allowed us to be witnesses that is calling us to be. The same spirit that was in Jesus when he was here, the same spirit that was in Paul and Peter and all the other disciples is the same spirit that is in us and allowed us, give us a capacity to be these witnesses that will, bring, that will bring more people to know Jesus. This witness is because God is working the life of other people and we just come alongside God to what, in, into what he's doing already. So we have the same spirit that was in Jesus, Paul and the other disciple, not a smaller version. And we have the same power available for us, to us, that was available to Jesus. Not a smaller version. So our role is to listen to the Spirit. Open our heart. And ready to answer, yes, Lord. I want to enter in what you are doing. I want to enter in what you are doing. So many people around us have those questions. Does God really exist? Where the world is going? Will I get out of my struggle one day? Am I alone? Is there hope? God is at work. Invite us to listen to him, to be one with him, with his spirit, listen to his spirit, and enter in what he's doing. If Westside is your community, your church, your family, this is what you are called to a community of witnesses. Are you ready to be part of this chapter 29? You want to know what? In fact, you are part of this chapter 29. Look to the example of Paul. Chapter, chapter 29, 20, not, 28, 
Verse 16. Paul is in prison. Okay, look to this text. When we got to Rome, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. And the, the point I would like to raise in raising that, to say, we are called to be witnesses at the place where God has put us, in your, our neighborhood, in our daily activities, in, in or what we are already doing. So Paul was there in prison, and a, a soldier was chained to him. Clung to him, we say. We say that? Clung to him? Yeah? And, and, and so the way it works, they, they were turned in soldier. So he was in prison, he was allowed to live by himself, but the soldier was here, and the chain, he was chained to the, the soldier. And every shift, sorry, maybe eight hours, a new soldier was coming, was coming, and take out the chain and put the chain to, to Paul, and another one after another eight hours. So there was a turn like that among soldiers. So those soldiers, the employee of Caesar, those soldiers the, from the Caesar household. I have to be, be careful with this word. And, and uh, <laughs> in a letter that Paul sent to the Philippians church. He said that in Philippians. Can you just put the next one? It's not there? Okay, I'm going to read it. Okay, all God's people, he's sending that to the Philippians people. All God's people here send you greetings, especially those who belong to Caesar household. Those in the service of the emperor, the employee of the emperor. How do you think these people came to know Jesus? Probably this soldier chained to Paul. This soldier who thought that Paul was their prisoner. But Paul didn't see himself as a prisoner of the soldier. Paul knew who he was. He was above all, a children of God. Above all, he was someone who had chosen to be a witness of Jesus Christ. His situation, his chain, does not, did not define who he was. His career, his success, his education does not define who he was. He was a child of God. With the spirit of God in him. He was a witness of who God is. Then he was a prisoner. Then he was a tent maker. Then he was a church planter. But he was above all. A witness of Jesus Christ. This drives me. I want to be this kind of witnesses. Whatever the situation I am. And I watch my life. I watch my behavior. Because I want to be a better witness. Says. I, I, I watch my, 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 the way I talk to others or about others because I want to be a better witnesses. Because I want to answer this call. I want to become this witnesses that God asked me to come, to, to become. Because God is at work around us. Like God was at work in this soldier and Paul came there and just matched divine appointment. I want to answer Respond to Jesus' call. This message is not to make you feel guilty this morning. It's just to tell you who you really are. And the power that you got in you because of the Spirit. I want to finish with personal testimony on that. You know, I'm always surrounded by Christian, Christian leaders and committee and, 
and church planters and we, around that. And at one point I said to God, I did a prayer to God. I said, in fact, I did three prayers. I said, God, give me opportunities to share about you, who you are. That was my first prayer. And that one followed just after. God, help me to see those opportunities. Because sometimes God can put opportunities in our life, but we don't see them. We're so absorbed by our own things. So give me opportunities, God, and help me to see them. And the third prayer, help me to be bold enough, courageous to share. Not being intimidated. I'm so amazed to see the response. Just around me. Just around with people who cross my life, my path. A couple of months ago, we changed the windows in our house. And the guy who came to install the window, he came with an employee. And, and at the break, he was inside and we were shuddering together. And he said, what are you doing for a living? So I tried to find a way to explain that to somebody who don't know churches. So I said, help uh, uh, leaders, coaching leaders to start uh, building new faith community church. And, and, but my role is to help people understand who is Jesus. He said, really? <laughs> that's, that's fun and, and interesting. And he started to ask a lot of questions. And he went, uh, went outside to continue to work with his employee, but he came back inside with more questions. And we talked about the church and the church we are going. And, and, and in the evening, he went to the church to see the place. And he came back the next day with more questions. Michel, and the guy who came to repair our heating system, the thermal pump, and this guy came to repair it. And we were talking in his break. He said, what are you doing for a living? Again, the same question. And I explained that. And he said, really? His name is Yassin, a Muslim guy. I said, really? That's really interesting. I've been reading the four gospels in the last couple of weeks and I don't understand them. I need somebody to explain it to me. I wanted to lose some weight recently, so I was going to meet a nutritionist in Place Rosemère, where I live. And we were going there, my wife and I, every week to make some tests and she was advise, gave some advice. And one week I missed it. And the week after I was there and said, what was the purpose of your trip? Oh, I said, that was for my work, my job. That's it. My wife looked at me and said, what? <laughs> you can't do better than that. I was intimidated. I didn't want her, her view of me to change. She was appreciated me. I didn't want to go further. But I just talk a little bit. Sometimes you would just talk a little bit and you see the door open like Michelle or Yassin. Sometimes you just don't go further and it's okay. It's not the time. But I said that to Solan, the nutritionist. Oh, because this is what I'm doing. She said, really? And she started to talk about her journey. And she rolled up her sleeve. And she just had a tattoo being made. Adam, Eve, a snake, and an apple. And she said to me, something happened here. I don't know what, but I think it's very important. Wow. We're going to meet with her in the next couple of weeks. She was on a trip, I was on a trip. These, I could have missed that. Jose is working at the Café de la Gare close to my place. And she was full of questions again when she knew what I was doing and what I'm living with God. And, and, and you know, people sometimes say, oh, you're lucky you have this kind of job. You, can, you know, if I would have do this job, I would say, oh, I'm doing this and this for a living, but for, for my revenue. But my, one of my passions is doing that with the church and this because of that and that. And Jose gave her life to Christ. We baptized her four weeks ago. And our whole family wants to know about Jesus. She's been transformed, changed, rest. And yesterday, we married another guy from the same cafe who gave her life 
to Christ, his life to Christ uh, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago. He got married yesterday. The cook, the chef of the same cafe. The last one. Last weekend I was in Lachut in a terrace with my wife. I was sitting there eating. The weather came. Cool guy, you know, those long burps now, they have that. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, he was talking, very funny guy. And he said, uh, he is a student in neurosurgery in Montreal. Pretty brilliant guy. And he asked, what you're doing? I explained again what I'm doing. He said, did you study in theology? I said, yes. He said, you know what? I believe there's a lot of answer that the science can bring. But I think there's more answer and better answer in the Bible. But I don't know them. And he left. I was looking to Cindy. What's going on? All those people, I can share stories like that for hours. And so I went to my car, picked up a card, and I gave, when he came back, I gave him my card with phone number. I said, hey, please call me. I would like to talk with you. He said, really? I wanted to ask you for your number. I was shy to ask you. So you give me green light to call you? I said, yes, call me. Jeremy. I'm waiting for his call now. These people are around us. I didn't go, any, I didn't do any special event going in a park. or They just crossed my life, my path. This is the way God is working. This is why he said, Go, don't be intimidated. You have a power that nobody else has outside of my followers. I'm with you to the end of the world. I want to be these witnesses. Let's write together the best line of this chapter 29. And we will read one day. Then there was this group of believers at Westside who wanted to make a difference in the life of the people around them their workplace. This group of believers who deeply believed that the message of Jesus Christ was the hope of this world. This group who wanted to bring joy, life, where God has placed them. In Pointe Claire, in Montreal, in Quebec, in Canada, and to the end of the world. I invite you to be this kind of witnesses. Let's pray together. We have been told today to sign out and go out. (laughs) This is what we want to do, really do. Lord, thank you because we are not alone. But you love these people around us as you love us so much. We want to be one with you. And take out all fears and trust in you. That you are the one who had. We don't have to convince. We don't have to to force people. We just want to be a witnesses of who you are. Thank you because we are part of of what you're doing. And we want to be one with you. Thank you for Westside. And continue to add to that church. Let's be these witnesses. And we're going to watch you add to Westside. Thank you, Lord. Amen.